Welcome to So You Want to Podcast, the show that shares strategies for growing your business, community, and influence. This week, I am sharing a discussion I recorded with my buddy, John Delancey. John is the author of Marketing the Magic, one of my go-to books on how small businesses can use story in their marketing. He's also host of the podcasts, The Story Driven Business Show, and Marketing the Magic. John is a diehard entrepreneur who's built multiple businesses since leaving the United States Air Force. We talk a lot about our experiences in podcasting and discuss why story is important and share the quickest ways a business can use it in marketing. John and I met at Lou Mangello's Momentum Conference, which still has a few spots remaining. You can find out more at loumangelo.com slash momentum. So without further ado, here's John. All right, guys. So I'm here with Danny Osmond. This is John Delancey of the Story Driven Business Show. Danny Osmond of So You Want to Podcast and of Emerald City Productions. Uh, And today we're going to have a quick discussion about podcasting and how it's useful as a storytelling medium uh, and how it's useful in our marketing and for business development. So glad to be with you, Danny. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. All right. Let's see. We'll start sort of at the beginning. So I'm fairly early in my new podcast venture. Uh, I've tried it before with mixed results, and we've we've just talked about that a bit, and I'm sure <laughs> we'll cover it again. But what is your experience? What's your story with podcasting? Yeah, all the best stuff happens in the pre-show chat anyway. Sorry, guys. <laughs> my story with podcasting, so I've been a recording engineer now for close to 15 years, 20 years, however long. I mean, I've been messing around with microphones and all that stuff since I was in high school. But seriously, for about 15 years and professionally for about 12 years now running my own recording studio. And like most recording engineers, I started out in the music world because I'm a musician and I love it. And what I found, though, was that musicians are an interesting group of people. They're artists and it's hard to run a business when you're counting on creative people and artists to be your livelihood. So very early on, I started to diversify and I listened to podcasts for the longest time. Um, I think I started listening to podcasts uh, in 2010, 2012, when I was going through some stressful times and things like that. And podcasts really helped me. They helped me learn about the world, learn about myself, think about things in a different way. And that's what really drew me to them was that it was an opportunity to really hear people's stories. Here in a long form, people have conversations about difficult topics. And especially in today's world where it's so hard for anyone to walk an inch in someone else's shoes, let alone a mile, it's one of these mediums where it can be really powerful and help change the world. So I fell in love with a few different podcasts that I listened to religiously, but I noticed that they sounded bad (laughs) and I just couldn't deal with it anymore because, you know, at that point I was, I had moved from being in a bedroom studio with headphones and things like that to actually getting pretty serious and having some serious equipment. So sound quality has always been important to me. So I actually reached out to some of those shows hosts just emailed them said, Hey, I love your show, but the sound is horrible. Please let me help you. So I started doing it for free just for fun and really quickly realized that 
a lot of podcasters needed help. A lot of podcasters were running serious businesses. Even if their podcast wasn't the business, they might have been a small business owner or something like that. So they were much more focused, much more professional. And I enjoyed working with them and turned that into about, oh, two, three years ago, about half of my business. And now it's the majority of my business working with podcasters, either helping them launch shows. I have a done for you service where basically we take them soup to nuts from creating the idea and coming up with the title and doing all the brand alignment and strategy at the beginning, all the way to launching the show and making sure that people actually notice it. <laughs> I know your some of your experiences, podcasting is a, is a slightly different medium than video and mm-hmm. some of the other forms of new media out there. It's it's hard to get noticed. And so I help people do that. And I also now help them produce their shows, do post-production is what we would call it, editing, mixing, mastering, getting stuff loaded up to hosts like Libsyn and, and getting them distributed out to the, the major podcasting directories like Apple Podcasts and Google Play and, and, and all those different ones. Awesome. Yeah, I had a somewhat similar experience getting into podcasts or listening to podcasts anyway. I was, I don't even know if you know this. Uh, and by the way, Denny and I know each other from a little over a year ago now. Yeah, we were at a great year, yeah. conference together. But I was actually, I was a musician, fairly serious musician all the way through high school. So sound has always been important to me. And, and so it's really strange then that it took me probably 12, 15 years after high school to, to find the first podcast and really start listening. I don't know why I never got into it, but I know what finally pushed me over the edge was one of my clients is a humongous fan of the old, old style radio shows, uh, radio plays, um, and just talking about how wonderfully done they were and so one day I was on a business trip and started listening to a, a Disney podcast. <laughs> Tie it back to my show. <laughs> uh, and uh, and that really kind of started me on the train. And then my tendency, of course, is to immediately figure out how I can turn a business out of whatever it is I'm interested in. So <laughs> that kind of got me started. And that's one of the interesting things to me. And it's the first thing you noticed about the podcast you heard was how bad some of them sound. And it's because it's extremely easy relatively speaking, technically anyway, to get Mm -hmm. started in podcasting, to Mm -hmm. create a podcast. I mean, you can record on your iPhone and upload it to SoundCloud and you're done. And And there's two or three services now too that are just almost automatic. You can record in the service Mm -hmm. and it goes right away and you just fill in a few fields and and it's up. You don't even have to think about some of the editing things that you have to with video. and Exactly. Yeah, it's very low barrier. Yeah, low barrier to entry, but as as you obviously know, since you offer the services for it, and as I've, I've discovered a couple of times now, easy to start is not easy to grow. It's not easy to actually mm-hmm. connect. Mm-hmm. That's where understanding audience building and storytelling and those things yeah. really come into play. And <clears throat> And then, yeah, automatic services are great, but they're never going to have the same quality as, well, they, not for any time soon. They won't have the same quality mm-hmm, as having mm-hmm. a, a master sound producer working on them. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's fantastic. So <laughs> one of the the favorite uh, episodes of yours, uh, and you, I think you'd actually blogged about it previously, was about how you've been naked with uh, your <laughs> podcast listeners, or, or your <laughs> podcast listeners have been naked with you. Uh, yeah. And I, I love that as a concept. That really that just immediately 
tells the story that that immediately yeah. illustrates how powerful this medium is uh, mm-hmm. because people are listening to you in the bathtub or at the gym yeah. or wherever it might be and that's what's so much more interesting about it than video to mm-hmm. me is I love video. I'm a video nerd. I love messing around with video, but nobody is watching your video while they're driving or while they're running on a treadmill. They might be listening to you by podcast. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's a very interesting medium to that, to that end. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but when I'm not doing an interview on my podcast, I'm always recording naked. So, um. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm a, a somewhat Disney oriented show, so I'm usually yeah, dressed exactly. in cosplay or right, no, exactly. Really. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it's one of those things where when you're you know you're millimeters from someone's eardrums. Yes, it's like you're whispering in their ear. There's an intimacy there. There's a connection that is a much faster connection Mm -hmm. than video. Even though you're seeing the person, even though you could technically look in their eyes, podcasting for some reason connects people uh, much quicker with you. And you feel like, I know I've, I've had many podcasters tell me this, that they'll have random fans walk up to them (laughs) or just people that have heard their podcast and say to them, you know, start talking to them about something. And the podcaster will freak out because they'll they'll feel like, how do you know that about me? Like, what is going on here? And they'll have forgotten that a hundred episodes ago they told the story about their cat doing this or something like that. And it's a different world. I know that the six or seven podcasts that I listen to a lot, I feel like I could hang out with those people. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily and, feel that way about you. Yeah. Right, <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah. they don't know me. But I, I feel, you know, and the ones that I've met, like, for instance, the podcasters that I listened to that became clients, I would hang out with them the first time I met them and, and feel like, you know, okay, yep. I've heard that story you just told me. I've heard that one too. I've heard that one. <laughs> Let's get on to some new stuff yeah. because I've heard all this stuff on your show. Let's yep. keep going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love that intimacy. I'm sure we'll come back to it. Uh, the the mm-hmm. importance of that authenticity and personal storytelling in, in such a personal medium. But since we're both sort of business oriented, I'm specifically mm-hmm. speaking to business owners, entrepreneurs. Uh, I'd like to move into sort of a discussion of how this very personal, very, very intimate medium can be used effectively in business and not just necessarily as come by my crap sort of shows. Uh, So what are your thoughts there, I guess, on podcasting as a business storytelling medium? Well, the, the thing that I like about it, and I know you've heard this on some of my other episodes, is you get a chance to really go deep. Whether you're talking about a topic, whether you're talking about a problem that most clients have, whether you're talking about a business strategy that's working right now, whether you're talking about a new social media platform or how to use it, you get the chance to go deep. You get the chance to share your experience, share your advice, and establish this authority, establish an expertise that you can't go get a degree in certain things. But on a podcast, if you talk about it for a couple hours, people will trust you because you get a chance to really hash it out and and explain things. And to me, that's the biggest, that's the biggest power uh, 
that a business can use in a podcast is establishing what they're good at, what they that they really truly are an authority, establishing trust because of that authority, and helping people, providing value before they're even a client. It really comes down to it's almost referral marketing in a way hmm. because if you think about it, you know, if if a client refers someone else to you, there's already that trust there because the client that referred them is probably a friend and they trust a friend. It's the same same effect we see in that people now trust customer reviews more than anything they mm-hmm. see. They, they trust it more than a lot of copywriting that they see sometimes in ads. With a podcast, you are getting to essentially be the friend that is referring that listener back to you in a way um, because you're helping them so much. You have the opportunity to explain things or get to the heart of a certain problem they're having before they even consider hiring you or before they even have that problem. You know, they, you might talk about something and they enjoy your show. And then six months down the road, they have that problem and they know the solution. And then they also know, well, Danny or John provided me that solution. I should go talk to them or send them a, a question or something like that to see if we can get deeper on this. That relation, it's, it all comes back to relationship building, really. Definitely. I've never actually mm-hmm. thought about it in terms of kind of being a referral program for yourself almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's really interesting because what podcasting to me does is it humanizes any brand, any business. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, you go to a corporate website or a business website or an agency website or whatever it is, and it's just a website. And it's the same as every other website on the internet. And there's text. And even if they blog, machines can write blog posts these days. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh, text doesn't have the same effect. But to some degree, video, but especially in terms of our discussion, podcasting, as we've already said, is so intimate, so personal. So they're, they're immediately establishing a human connection to whatever it is you do. And I, I love that mm-hmm. idea of that connection being a referral back to the business when whenever mm-hmm. their problem comes to that point. I like that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, yeah, to, to that end, you talked about testimonials and things and how important they are, reviews. I just read an article, actually, where Google uh, just released a massive study on what is most important. I think they were specifically Mm -hmm. focused on the travel industry, but what is most important to customers uh, from a brand? Like what's the most important decision uh, making input that they have? And many, many businesses seem to still think that promotions and offering great, better pricing or whatever it might be are the way to go. That's like fourth on the list in terms of Mm. price. People care about customer service. They care about those reviews. Mm-hmm. far more than they care about anything else. And if you can already serve them through a medium like podcasting, yeah. you're already 90% of the way there. I mean, that's yeah. that's awesome. Well, I think you and I are lucky because of our affinity for Disney. I'm writing a blog post right now where I'm going to share some of the other things that I have affinities for um, and some of the things that people don't maybe don't even know about me. Um, but I'm with you on the Disney side you know, we're Disney Vacation Club members, you are too, we're, I'm down there <laughs> all the time. And and part of the reason I love it, and I, I know it's the same for you, is the customer service. Yes. Um, is that relationship, is that care and appreciation that the Disney company has for 
the people, their customers, the people that are showing up and the appreciation they have for their employees and cast members and what they impress upon the cast members and especially the ones that are with the guests most. And it's impressed that on me and my business too. I could, I mean, heck, I live in Nashville. I can throw a rock and find a recording engineer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, hit a recording engineer. Let me get this, this thing right. I could really easily go lower my prices a little bit and have 50, 60, 70 shows a week mm-hmm. that I work on or that my company works on. But quality, like I said, from the beginning has been so important to me that I decided customer service is the most important thing to me. So I've limited the number of clients we work on or shows we work on weekly to anywhere from 15 to 20, because that number, my ears can hear every single episode before it goes out the door. I can mix every single episode before it goes out the door. And that's important to me. My team of three editors, they are all professional recording engineers. Yeah, I could go on Fiverr and get somebody halfway around the world for $10 a show, but I chose to pay much more than that to my editors because they know what they're doing. They do a good job. They know what they're hearing when they hear a problem. They can fix it. It actually saves me time in the workflow because I know that they're qualified to handle that stuff before it gets to me. And I know the product is better when it gets to me. And so then when it goes out the door, it's even better. And I tell people that, I mean, I know that there's plenty of services out there that use interns and Mm -hmm. the clients never get to talk to the person that onboarded them or recruited them to the service and things like that. And and I don't want to be that way. I don't want people to feel like they're getting handed off to someone. I don't want people to feel like no one cares about their show. So I, I, I definitely, I'm on board with that, yep. the customer service being number one and it's important. Yeah. The, in terms of Disney specifically, the, that customer service and, and the quality of the experience in general makes it effortless, makes it mm-hmm. not even a thought for me to hand them my money over and over and over again. And it's not even about money at that point. It's, I'm just, that's just my, that's what I want. That's what I want out of my mm-hmm. experience in life. That's what I want out of my experience in vacationing. I mean, it's not about Mickey plushes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's great. And, and yeah, I've bought a few of those, but it's about the experience and kind of circling it back around to our, our main subject for today. That's, that's one thing podcasts can do is, yeah. can do for you is begin to create that experience with your listeners who hopefully mm-hmm. will eventually become your customers or clients. Yeah. And we talked about story a little bit and telling stories. And I mean, I, I, that I talked about how podcasters get a chance to really share a lot of stories and share a lot of who they are. And, and that develops the connection. And I've read your book. I mean, you're an expert in using story in a business. And I, I guess I want, because we're going to use this, we're, we are professional podcasters here. We are dual purposing this interview <laughs> so that we both can use it on our shows. I want to hear a little bit more about story and why it's important. Why is it effective in the business sense when businesses use it either internally or externally? What, what is it that creates that success when you use, use a story? Sure. Well, yeah. Um, that's really sort of the, that idea is is why I started what I'm doing. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, story 
for as long as humans have been humans, has been how we communicate. It's, it's how we most effectively share information among ourselves. So within in a business, and especially today, when I forget, I, there was a study I, I heard about recently that that tried to identify how many advertisements or promotions the average person is subjected to on a daily basis. Was that something you talked about? I, I can't remember. I consume so much content. I don't remember where where it came yeah, from. But not me. <laughs> I mean, it's we're talking about thousands and thousands of advertisements and promotions and things like that 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 humans are subjected to every single day. So how are you? Say you're a small marketing agency or you're a small continuing education company, which is something else I do. How are you supposed to stand out in all of that noise? Because I promise you, putting up a 50% off coupon is not going to do it. (laughs) It actually may do more harm than good. So story is the answer. The really cool thing, though, is that storytelling in business is not a new idea. People have been harping on it for years now. But what they're almost always talking about is storytelling in terms of marketing. And that's great. Storytelling in marketing is critical, as I was just talking about. Storytelling is how you can connect with your potential customer or with your potential client through all of that noise that we talked about. But what's really interesting to me and what kind of drove sort of a shift in the direction of my show and my business and what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to do with this side of it uh, is that storytelling is forgotten about almost internally. Uh, And I'd love to talk, come back to podcasts for internal use in your company, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but what I mean is storytelling within our businesses, not what we're saying to our customers or not how we're trying to connect with our customers, but internally to our companies, even if we're just one person gives us, structure. It gives us clarity. It gives us a way to understand our businesses and the directions that they are going and the direction we want them to go. And Mm -hmm. it gives us, like I said, it gives us that control over our businesses when we understand our role as the hero to our customers and the villains that play into that. So our customers' Mm -hmm. problems and our internal struggles. What limitations do we have? What forces are preventing us from growing our businesses or from serving our customers in the best way we can. Storytelling is how we can really come to understand that. Yeah. And just to touch on using podcasts internally, this is a, it's a a new trend because the people that, I mean, more and more people know about podcasting every week, but it's still, it's interesting that this will change now because Google has just launched an app for Android devices, but traditionally up to now, this has been dominated by Apple mm-hmm. devices. And I mean, 65, 70% of people listening to podcasts are using an Apple device. And 55% of the world uses Android devices and they haven't really had an effective way to listen to podcasts. So you have a lot of people that know a podcast. You have a lot of people that don't know about podcasts. But the people that know, they think of the entertainment podcast, the entrepreneurial guru on fire podcast or, or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I like John Lee Dumas. So I won't joke <laughs> about that. But, you know, they the, you get those types of podcasts. And just very recently in the last few years, some major corporations have started to use podcasts internally. Disney being one of them. Dan Cockrell used exactly. one for his employees and his cast members in the Magic Kingdom, sort of 
expanding on what his father did with the um oh, I'm drawing a blank now the Main Street Gazette I think that yeah it was something I like that I can't right. remember exactly either <laughs> um so but basically to talk about things that are going on feature cast members share things like that the idea being that as people of our generation know from the movie Office Space people don't listen to meetings and they don't listen in meetings. They don't read memos. They, they got tired of all that type of stuff. And when a business gets to a point where it's too huge and too big and the people in the, the C-suites get disconnected from the employees and nobody knows who they are and they never interact and the employees don't feel like they matter or they don't, they're not inspired. They don't understand what the, the company is doing. The same reasons that story are powerful a podcast allows them to have this medium where they can really, again, have a conversation. They can hear about the CEO that they never see. Exactly. might not even be in the same city as them. They can have that relationship. The CEO can share some of their humanity, mm-hmm. can share who they are, can share who the other executives are, can interview employees, can interview people at different levels and hear about what's going on and share and share the story, share the employment brand of the, of the, the company, what it's like to work there. A, a, a tangent of that is recruiting. Some corporations are using them for recruiting now. They're sharing what the benefits are, what the values are, what the, the mission of the organization is and what they're hoping to do and what is their movement? What are they going towards? What is the greater good um, for the company? Because a lot of people now, you you think of a corporation, you think of this evil, greedy, whatever, but there's a lot of good companies out there that are doing great work. And this gives them the opportunity to not only solidify their, their base, to use a political term, solidify the people that work for them, but create brand ambassadors, really, yep. in the form of employees. That if the employee knows what's going on three levels above their head, they can talk about it and they can be proud of it and they can share it and they don't have to sit through a boring meeting. You know, they can listen on the subway. They can um, listen on their commute. They can listen while they're running. It adds to that, again, the connection between the employee and the employer and gives them, you know, a way to share, share all the information that they normally would send out in a boring annual report to the employees or something like that. It gives them a, a great effective, fun, creative way to share the information, especially for, you know, people that aren't visual and maybe would rather listen to it. Definitely. It's kind of an evolution of something. Uh, Lorraine Santoli was a, a made mm-hmm. fairly high up marketing executive at, at Disney. And she wrote a fantastic book that actually started all of this project for me. It's called Inside the Disney mm-hmm. Marketing Machine. And she devoted a whole section of the book to Disney's internal communications and how they treated that like marketing, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was as important to them that their messages were received effectively internally as it was for them to communicate effectively to potential Disney customers. Right. Uh, and I think podcasts again is, is like you said, just a, a great evolution, a great way to create that connection, to, to convey the mm-hmm. information that needs to be conveyed in a way that people actually care about understanding. And it's, it's easy to, to say, oh, well, that's Disney. They're, you know, corporation of tens and tens of thousands. What about my 15 man shop? Well, that's something you need to evaluate. I think, uh, it, it may be. That- oh, it's totally scalable too. It's, uh, I mean, I, I've talked, 
I recently went to VidCon. Well, it used to be the YouTube convention. It's now the video streaming convention, I guess. Sure. It's owned by Viacom. It's gotten all corporate now too. But <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone who uh, works for the... Um, forget what the name of the union is, but it's plumbers and pipe fitters and, mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. And they were talking about how not only they, they were having trouble um, communicating with all of their members and getting people to read newsletters and things like that, but they were also talking about businesses that were members and, and having trouble recruiting employees for trades and things like that, like all the trades are having. And we talked extensively about how like for a job like that, any of the trades or anything where you've got employees in cars driving around or even, you know, small, maybe you have a franchise and you have three stores, the time that people have available while cleaning up afterwards or driving to the next job or on the job to listen to a podcast where you could communicate with them and share what's going on and what your plans are and things that could help them, safety things. You know, like they don't want to read a boring safety manual or an update. You could turn that manual into podcasts and and videos and then they have something that's much more easy to digest. Uh, You and I saw the example of one of our friends, Jesse McCullough, who works for a pharmacy and they started to turn their... I forget whether it was safety briefings or recommendations for helping patients more effectively, uh, helping customers more effectively stay on schedule with their medication and Mm -hmm. and wellness. And so they turned them into videos because they found that videos were much more effective for getting people to actually pay attention to something and learn something about how important it is to take your medicine. If it's prescribed for 30 days to take it every day and not skip. There's just a lot of examples of that across the board, scaling from anywhere from a six-employee donut shop down the street all the way up to Disney. Definitely. And actually, that that video that he made uh, is a makes a really good segue into something else I wanted to cover, uh, and sure. that's that's the authenticity that is I think. Mm-hmm absolutely vital in podcasting or, or any kind of content you produce today. The The story behind that actually was was how to improve your video. So he had already created those videos and he was working with someone to improve them, make them more effective. And one of the big things they did in Jesse's video was get him to take his, his suit jacket off and relax mm-hmm. a little bit and speak like a human and not like a robot reading a script. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's Something I, I I was very intentional about trying to do with my new show, and and it's actually worked. the The feedback I've gotten has almost exclusively spoken to this, and cool. it's that I try to be as authentic and and unscripted and conversational in my podcast as I possibly can be. I don't use a script anymore. I do I do write out certain sentences when there are very specific points that I want to make, mm-hmm. but I try to make it very conversational and humanize it. Uh, and relax a little bit and treat it like a conversation. Um, yeah. because it is so easy to try to drop back into this very, you know, very scripted. So you know exactly what's going to be, you know, said and what's going to be heard. People pick up on that though. And nobody connects with a script. <laughs> People connect with the delivery, with the person speaking. Uh, so. That's something that's been very, very important to me. What about you? What, I mean, what have you seen in terms of all the podcasts you've worked with and how they kind of handle that issue? 
<laughs> well, I kind of go, I go in both directions, even on my own show. I will, like you, script out really important sections and then use just talking points for other things to be authentic. And I think industry-wide and in podcasting especially, because podcasts are really easy to edit. It's different than video. You know, you can make a ton of what we would call jump cuts. in vi- Like you'd call them jump cuts in video where you would see the actual cut. In audio, it's really easy to cover over that yep. and you'll never hear the cut. So for a lot of podcasters, I tell them, just start talking. If you screw something up, stop, say it again. You know, just stop for a second because then it's really easy to edit that out and no one will ever know. There are other people like me, sometimes I have to script or I will just take hours to record something. You know, I have to write something out or have and then practice saying it to the point where it sounds real (laughs) and authentic without doing the radio voice or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know being crazy like that. So <laughs> I would say predominantly, yeah, most podcasters should be unscripted. They should work off of talking points because that the listener knows they can tell. Mm-hmm. They can tell when you're you're scripted or dry or that you don't really care about something. Um, and you get better shows when you just go and, and speak from the heart, speak from what you really feel about something and your actual experiences. And I always find coming back to story too, that the use of story and sharing stories and sharing experiences, sharing feedback from listeners and things like that are always the most popular episodes because people want to hear about real experiences. They want to hear about the good and the bad. They also want to hear that there are other people like them. You know, we are a society that gets more and more isolated the more and more connected we get, right? We can talk to people halfway around the world, but, you know, I sit in my neighbor neighborhood here and I barely see any of my neighbors ever yep. because no one leaves their house or they go to work and they're in their car. People need and want this type of connection and medium in this medium of podcasting, they, they hunger for it. No. Yeah. yeah I it, absolutely agree. I mean, and specifically something you, you said in this mm-hmm. world of the Instagram lifestyle and comparing ourselves to everyone, telling the, the, the bad as well as the good, I think is, is even more critical. I mean, tell your great mm-hmm. stories, obviously it, 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 everybody likes feeling good, but yeah. be real. Uh, one of my most popular episodes so far, and the one I've gotten some of the most feedback on was where I told my story and included the parts where I did some things not you know, that I'm not proud of. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that I, I tried to make an extra buck and to get back at an old client and, you know, those, I'm not proud of those stories. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I've told, talked about some of the mistakes I've made and the businesses that have failed. And obviously I'm not proud of those, but yeah. it creates a real connection. It creates that, it shows that I am a human and not just a marketer. Not, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that's the whole goal. And yeah, so critical. Um, whether you script or not, you know, uh, you know, I think I got off on a little bit of a tangent with scripting in particular, but to that end, do what makes you comfortable getting your message across, but 
more important than any of it is tell real stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Make that real connection. So, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about mistakes before we finish up. Because sure. you and I both have just recently completed a pot, you know, podcasts that are totally separate from the podcast we're doing now. Um, sort of related in your case, sort of related in my case, I guess. <laughs> but I think we both did a year or over a year, over 50 episodes of a podcast that I don't, let's not say that they failed, but they certainly weren't the direction we ended up going in or wanted to go in. Exactly. And, and I know for me, doing my one podcast helped me figure out what I wanted to do. But what lessons did you learn from your first stint at doing a podcast and how have you applied that to this new one? Definitely. So yeah, that's that was a great way of putting it. Doing that first show really helped me figure out what I really wanted to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's the first thing is don't be afraid to discover that your first effort is not the end all be all. Uh, it's, it's okay. And don't call it a failure. It's, it's, it's a way of learning. It's a way you tried something. So be Mm -hmm. proud if you ever put something out into the world. And even if it doesn't continue on, even if it isn't what you end up doing, be proud of the work you did there and, and learn what you can from it. So I guess some of the specific things though, that I picked up. So in that first effort, Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to do a big live stream every week in addition to a scripted video, which I then turned into a blog post and a podcast episode. So I was just spraying content into the world mm-hmm. uh, without really focusing in any one direction. And so that is, I think, one of the, the biggest lessons I took was pick something, pick a direction. So in my case, I, ch- I chose this time to focus on building a great podcast. And that has already borne fruit. That is already the right direction, I know, for, for me. So pick a direction and focus on it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be intentional. I don't know if we were ever, maybe we were, during in a, in a time where you could just put something out in the world and people would find it and listen to it and, or watch it or mm-hmm. whatever. We're not there anymore. <laughs> the fact that you create a podcast and list it in iTunes does not mean your podcast is going to be listened to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in addition to choosing a, a specific focus, plan to promote it. And not necessarily with ads. You don't have to promote it with ads. But have a plan for how you're going to promote your new podcast and promote mm-hmm. it regularly. And yeah, at some point, you'll start getting those referral listeners and people that'll say, Hey, I heard this great podcast and it might get featured in new and noteworthy in iTunes. And yeah, you'll pick up some steam, you know, that you don't have to specifically work for, but you never are going to just get away with only relying on other people to spread the word. So those were the two big, big lessons that I took from the first effort into this second effort. Yeah. I think it was similar for me in, that doing 50 episodes of a podcast taught me (laughs) because my podcast was related to the music side of my business. It was related to more of a passion, not really a hobby. I guess it's sort of a hobby, but something I'd done since I've, you know, was in middle school. And I just like like you're saying, not really sprayed content out there, but I didn't really have a plan for what I wanted to talk about. 
and I would do this one week and then do something completely unrelated the next week and then jump over here and then interview this person because they were available and then have this friend on the next week and then talk about this subject the next week that was totally technically unrelated to the next week after that. So it taught me that it's a really good idea to map out your content, plan, lead people, just, just like a story, lead them down a path. An, a logical path that helps them understand what you're trying to talk about. Definitely. And then the other thing it did for me, like you talked about, you can't, my, one of my very recent episodes was about the sort of field of dreams mentality. If you build it, they will come. You were just talking about um, where you can't just throw content out there and doing that taught me a lot of the lessons that are now the basis of the launch strategy, formula, whatever you want to call it, that I use with every client now when I help them create a podcast. I learned this lesson, so I added that to that and then figured out how that related and really drilled down to understand, okay, if someone's going to find a podcast organically, if they're just going to go into Apple and search for it, how are they going to find it? So that took learning what the Apple search engine does and what other search engines do. And that's one of the the takeaways for anyone who's thinking about a podcast is that Apple is great and I love Apple and I use Apple products almost exclusively, but they haven't really done much for podcasting to help podcasting since they began. And their search engine is sort of archaic in the amount of search fields that you can actually use to find something. So when you create a podcast, you really intentionally have to think about what the title is and what keywords are in the title so that people can find you. Um, What keywords are in your episodes? You can't just be the artsy, creative, funny episode title podcaster because no one's ever going to find... Like if you're talking about a story-driven business, you can't come up with something that doesn't have story and business in the title. (laughs) It just won't work because no one will ever find it. Um, I have an example. uh, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but uh, a podcaster who had a podcast about parenting, but didn't technically have the term parenting in the title of the podcast, saw a big uptick in downloads and people finding her show when she finally got that term parenting in her title somewhere. It's, you can do that, but then you also, like you were saying, you have to think about how you're promoting it, where you're promoting it, discovering things like why is Instagram number two in terms of social media, um, social networks relating to podcasting. It's a visual medium, but if you think about it, you've got the videos and it makes it really easy for you to put clips of your podcast in Instagram. And Instagram is an insanely popular platform right now. Whereas podcasts on YouTube are not as effective, yeah. even though YouTube is a bigger search engine. It's probably a bigger social network. I think it is. I think it's number two or something like that after Facebook. Or may, did it just... Did I see something where it passed Facebook? I can't remember. But you'd think, oh, well, YouTube would be a great way. You just put some images up there and you can have the whole podcast there. Well, no, actually, Instagram is a better way for promoting it because it's easier for people to discover it because they can digest it quicker. They can get a great quote that whets their appetite and makes them want to listen to your episode. So you, no, just, you have just to learn write those things. That down. Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And yeah, it's, 
Yeah, being being specific, being mm-hmm. intentional about finding out where your audience is and mm-hmm. how to most effectively reach them there. Yeah. I mean, I think Instagram is going to do very well for me in some ways. It, it already is. But in my case, I am specifically focused on business owners. And what I'm discovering is that LinkedIn has mm-hmm. begun to emerge as a great place to build some of those relationships. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm putting some focus there and trying to funnel people over to the show. But Bottom line is, be intentional about finding where your audience is and how to get in front of them. Oh. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great way to sum up everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anything anything we've talked about is you gotta yeah you gotta find your audience pretty much yeah First so of all, you yeah, gotta know marketing one one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground uh, so yeah, far. Definitely, uh, it's been a great conversation, and I know uh, in sort of the the either the intro or the outro to this, I'll definitely promote some of your stuff um yeah and where people can, you can find tell out. them where to find me and i'll tell everybody else where to find you <laughs> yeah that's, that sounds great uh so awesome well danny it's been fantastic uh, it's been great talking with you just as a friend but uh certainly to cover this this subject that we're mutually interested in so thank you yeah. so much for, for i love it and i i look forward to having you on my show at some point officially as well awesome definitely <laughs> sounds great all right danny appreciate it One of the most frequent questions I get about marketing is how do we know what type of marketing to invest in? There is so much out there. How do we compete with all the marketing noise? Well, you know, my answer is going to be you need a podcast. Well, here's a story that shows exactly what I do. I've told you about Katie Kermitsos and her podcast, Biz Women Rock, before on an earlier episode. Katie's a business strategist and coach, and she happens to be one of my clients as well. She's reached thousands of women business owners all across the country through her podcast. Because of her podcast, Katie is always talking to warm leads who want to listen and learn about what she has to offer them. Well, so how did I help her? I met Katie in December 2016 when I approached her about advertising my services on her show. As we developed the ads, she and I had several great discussions about podcasting and her show in particular. I discovered that even after over 250 episodes and building a thriving community in business, she was still spending three to four hours per week editing, uploading, promoting, and analyzing her podcast. She was tired of it, frustrated, and almost to the point of ditching the show entirely. I immediately suggested she have us take over all of her show production and distribution. This simple step immediately allowed her to implement changes changes that tripled her revenue in 2017 because she was able to focus on much higher value activities that would grow her business. It gave her real results because she was focused on doing the work that had the power to skyrocket her income. The mere fact that I helped her think about her podcast in a strategic manner added value. Much of what I do as a strategist is identify the gaps and call out the problems, and that is often enough. Most of the time, the people I work with are too close to their businesses to see how unproductive it is for them to keep doing this or that when they can have someone else do it for them. I also add value by helping them avoid the pitfalls, overcome the obstacles, and shorten the learning curve. I reveal examples of small things that can compromise their results. Most business owners know what they need. They just don't know how to get it. And more often than not, they are trying to do it all on their own. Believe it or not, most business owners don't even realize that a podcast can help them. And it takes a forward-thinking leader to take that first step. 
So if you're ready to take that first step, contact me today to schedule a free 15-minute strategy session. And let's get started crafting a podcast that will create customers who trust your business before they ever buy and then can't wait to tell the world about you. You can schedule a time with me by going to meetme.so slash Danny Osmond. That's meetme.so slash Danny Osmond, and I'll include the URL in the show notes. Today's show was brought to you by ConvertKit, the only email marketing system you'll ever need. After five years with the email marketing provider that everyone starts out with, you know who I'm talking about, I was desperately searching for one that was simple, easy to manage, and affordable. ConvertKit easily stood out above the rest, and I've been ridiculously happy with them ever since I made the switch. Emailing my community and creating automation series for special resources has never been so simple. Whether you're ready to start your first email marketing setup or you're searching for a new provider, I highly recommend ConvertKit. Go check them out and other resources that I recommend at dannyosmond.com slash resources. That's dannyosmond.com slash resources.